Okay, I will begin tonight with a piece of housekeeping. In my prior podcast, I provided an incorrect auction date for Salvatore Mundi. Christie's Auction House will be auctioning that piece on November 15th, 2017. Please accept my apology for my prior misstatement. I really am very sorry about that. Tonight's episode is about the robbery in 1990 of the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. The museum is in Boston, Massachusetts. I became aware of this crime long, long ago. I can't quite remember if that awareness came via a documentary or a segment on a news magazine, so for the purpose of this podcast, I will say that it was a documentary. The total value of the art stolen in this heist is estimated to be $500 million. Boston, 1990. Early in the morning, the sun had not been up for long. It was cold. Two men approached at the museum. They were wearing police uniforms. Clouds of carbon monoxide vapor were probably issuing from these men's mouths and nostrils and preceding them on their walk from the vehicle to the entrance. Something so huge was about to go down, and these two guys were going to pull it off. There was no big team on site. There was no coordination of people with multiple talents. There were just these two guys, probably rubbing their hands together for warmth, more likely wearing gloves, given what you're about to hear, on a mission. I was pretty taken in by this story, right? These two guys dressed as cops and just walked up to the museum, telling the guards that they were responding to a call about a problem on the grounds, Well, if you work at a museum and something has gone awry, the police are certainly the people to whom you want to speak, right? So the guards let these two guys in. These were just two local Boston cops, right? Shields, mustaches. And what do you think was in the guards' desk? It wasn't a gun. It wasn't a taser. I probably shouldn't talk as though I know those things. Maybe the desk had a gun and a taser in it. But... What I know for sure is that it had the panic button in it. So the robbers took these two guards down to the basement of this old museum in Boston. Real skullduggery is now afoot, right? Imagine how scared these guards were. I mean, this crime had real ramifications. It had teeth to it, right? It wasn't a shootout, but it wasn't shoplifting. The robbers tied the guards up. If I remember correctly, they tied them to some kind of ductwork or ductwork or pipes, maybe ventilation pipes, and I don't know if this was ever established as a fact or not, but I know there was talk of the guards having their heads taped to these pipes. And how creepy is this? How freaked out would you be? One of the guards later said that when he was interacting with the two men, he noticed that one of them appeared to have a fake mustache. Crazy. So the pretend cops go back upstairs. Imagine being one of those guards tied up like a calf and in an incredibly uncomfortable position, probably unable to see, hearing those guys walk away in their pretend cop shoes to steal about a zillion dollars worth of art. They probably heard their own heartbeats between the footsteps. And each of those guards 
along with all of his other panicky thoughts, must have suffered this one. This is happening on my watch. They spent the night down there. I've always wondered how much of what was happening was audible to them, but I'll probably never know. The next day, just like clockwork, the morning guard showed up. I wonder if he even noticed right away. I wonder if it was more like walking into your house, grabbing something to drink, and sitting down, and then, after a few minutes, noticing that the TV is gone. And so is the prized first edition of a book by your favorite author. And so is your watch, right off the coffee table, right? At some point, he found the other guards and untied them. Man, the bottom must have just dropped out of his stomach when he saw those guys, right? So, when this guard first came in, or tuned in, when the other guards came upstairs, when the police arrived, do you know what they all saw? Empty frames hanging on the walls. Frames which had had $20 million masterpieces cut out of them. This is the list of the pieces which were stolen. The list is comprised of paintings, drawings, and a couple of antiquities. I'll be quick. I'm providing this in case anyone wants to research any of these pieces. The Rembrandts. A self-portrait. Storm on the Sea of Galilee. A Lady and Gentleman in Black. The Degas pieces. Two studies for a piece called Program for an Artistic Soiree. A piece called Three Mounted Jockeys. A piece called La Sortie de Paysage. And a piece called Cartège aux Inverons de Florence. One Vermeer painting was stolen. It was entitled The Concert. $200 million. A Napoleonic finial, which was taken from a flagpole, possibly because the thieves were unable to steal the entire pole. Right. And a bronze beaker known as a coup from China. Flink's landscape with an obelisk and Manet's Chez Tortoni were also stolen. So, there are paintings on that list that were worth $20 million each when they were stolen. And the concert is worth a truly huge fortune. There was no external alarm connected to the pieces. There was just an internal alarm accompanied by the panic button. The crime is considered to be the greatest art theft in history, but I'm sure it's likely not. I mean, the numbers to do all of the math on this don't exist, but if you consider what Napoleon and Hitler did to be art theft, which it was, then maybe the context changes a little bit. Art had always appealed to me, right? I had taken my share of history and humanities courses. Rembrandt had appealed to me since my teens. Storm on the Sea of Galilee was the first of my very few print purchases. I wasn't able to get it in the original size, of course. The original is about five feet by four feet, and at that time, having the money to frame that would have been like being able to buy the original. This print, and the story of the painting, and 
what, as far as anybody knows, ultimately happened to it, sort of kept me on the path of learning about Rembrandt and sort of helped me maintain my orientation toward collecting art. Oh, and by the way, the art was uninsured. <laughs>